Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project and the host of this podcast. The Swan Song Project is a charity based here in the UK and we help people living with terminal illnesses or dealing with bereavement to write and record an original song. We believe in celebrating lives, making memories and leaving legacies. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, you can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. You can also follow us on various social media channels so that will all be in the description to this podcast. The podcast features songwriters. Each episode, I speak to a different songwriter and ask them to share with us one of their songs. We have a conversation about how they wrote it. Uh, I ask them to share with a songwriting tip, and I also ask them for a song that's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. We have a conversation about that. This episode features Brooks Williams, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Brooks Williams. Thanks for joining me, Brooks. It's a pleasure to be here, Ben. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. This is the first podcast of 2021, so Happy New Year to you, Brooks, and Happy New Year to to all of our listeners. Um, we only started this last year, so it feels quite exciting starting a new year with uh, with the podcast. Um, so yeah, we're going to, if anyone's listened to these podcasts before, we know we do them in three sections. First, we're going to have one of my guest songs. We're going to talk a little bit about how they wrote that. Uh, section two, Brooks is going to share with us a songwriting tip. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to Brooks in some way relating to bereavement. So I'll ask you to introduce your song for us, please, Brooks. Well, the song I thought I'd, I'd uh, share with everyone is, a, is probably the song that I get the most requests for. And it's a song about a guitar player from the city of New Orleans from, pre, you know, probably early 1900s is when he sort of roughly thought to have been around. And uh, he was called Frank DeLandry. And I was just so taken by his story. And I was so taken by that time period that there would be a guitarist that would have been that popular. Because guitar really was a backing instrument until, really, till, till rock and roll <laughs> brought it to the front. So I am just was intrigued by the whole story of it. And, uh, and that's what led me to write the song. Brilliant. And the song's called Frank DeLandry. Yes. <laughs> Voices on the levee are quiet now. The only sound is the river. And the boat's heading close to New Orleans. With their lights fading in the distance. Like the Thank you. 
it happened, what went wrong? Where Frank Brilliant. So that was Frank Delandry by Brooks Williams. Yeah, it's um, how did you come about the story of Frank? And uh, I'm always interested in these songs that are of these kind of legendary figures and then how they come to, and also with songs like that, I'm always interested in whether anyone else has written about him. Like you've heard other variations, you know, like songs like Stagger Lee, where there's all these different versions of the same story. Yeah. Well, this one, I was, I was interested in uh, this little short, Book. I think it was put out by the state of Louisiana and it was on the the coronet players that influenced Louis Armstrong mm -hmm. so it really out of my realm of experience because a I don't play any brass and secondly I don't play jazz and <laughs> and it's just not it's but it just I was intrigued by it 
And and I know nothing about that time frame. I know nothing about those early, almost pre-dawn days of jazz and blues. And so I was quite curious. I was drawn into the story. And it was just a s small little book. I mean, it was probably a hundred and something pages. It was tiny. But there was a footnote in there about a guitar player. And the author, literally, it was a footnote. It w wasn't even part of the narrative. It was a, there was a little asterisk. And it said, follow this to the little bit. And it was a, a paragraph about someone... They weren't sure if he was called Frank DeLandry or Frank DeLancey, but apparently he was quite popular and playing in New Orleans at a time when no one played guitar. And and people would just pack the places where he played. And not only that, but when they filled up, they'd stand outside the windows and listen in from the outside. And it just boggles the mind to think of what what would that have even sounded like? What have it what what would that have looked like? And I was so intrigued by that story. Literally, someone lost in the mists of time. And uh, but as it turns out, truly lost in the mists midst of the mists of time. Because one day he just never showed up to work to play his normal gigs, which he did all week. He he played at the same place every day of the week. He never showed up and was never heard from again, mm. ever. <laughs> and I thought, well, where does a person like that go? And you, of course, your first thought is is death by misadventure, you know, knowing the wrong people or owing someone something and, you know, being called to task or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You would think that was probably quite a dubious lifestyle. Some of some of these um, players would have been, you know, brushing up against. They would have been a rough, a rough life. But on the other hand, the the story started that really he died because he sold his soul to the devil to be such a great guitarist and the devil <laughs> just came and took him took him back you know and then there's other tales of you know him uh you know having having been caught with someone's wife and you know it just it went on and you, you know the way these things do you know the the sort of urban legends and uh I just was intrigued, and the, the thing, Ben, that really struck me was wherever I looked, I f could find no, no evidence of him whatsoever, except for this one little footnote that was in the, the Museum of Louisiana History, just little tiny narrative. That's it. That's all there is. And so I was really intrigued by that. It's very rare that we come across something that no one's written about before, that no one's looked at. And so I just thought, well, whether it's, it's, it's life or legend, I feel like he needs a song. And that, that inspired me to, to dive into it. And rather than focus on the sort of the things that happened later and all the various narratives, I thought, let's just focus on, on the time and place that he was in and probably what most people thought. They weren't thinking grandiose thoughts. They just thought, hey, he isn't here. What, whatever happened to him? End of. <laughs> that really is it, you know? Yeah. So, so anyway, it was just, and it turns out to be a song that people ask for, well, pretty much every time I perform or if, if I'm doing anything online, there's always a request pops up for it. So, uh, so uh, it's a it's just I'm just delighted to have come across his name in my reading. You know, it was uh, 
It was a lucky find. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant, Brooks. And it's one of the things where, like, you know, people ask about where musicians get their ideas from. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a such a range of things, but it's so good that then, like you said, you spotted that footnote and that just took you and you could follow it through. And... Oh, yeah, I mean, I think anyone who writes songs knows that songs, songs, songs come to us, I believe, because we are tuned in. Mm. We are, we are, we are full on we're like receptive to what's out there and so that means we read things and we and we overhear conversations and we and we dig deeper into thoughts and we maybe write ourselves you know we have a thought but then we explore that thought in writing ourselves you know it's that it's that receptiveness i i think that really makes us song catchers you know they're mm. out there they're flying around the ideas are everywhere we just have to tune in yeah and and be in a place where we've where we're ready to catch one <laughs> yeah <that's, laughs> yeah because it's that um i always think of that like thinking as a songwriter makes you then like you say you're tuned into those things so you hear something and then then you know it, it ticks in your brain of like that'd be a good chorus line or that'd be a good theme for a song yeah. you know like rather than just hearing it thinking like, oh that's interesting it's like that's interesting but it could also be a song <laughs> i could use that could be a song, <laughs> right and i'm sure that 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 you and your listeners do that thing where you, where you get the idea and it gets put down either in writing or spoken into a voice memo there's something you have a little stash of of saved phrases and words and titles and ideas and themes and you know you, you just we gather those in and at some point they either go somewhere in the moment or they go somewhere eventually or they just mm. are there part of that big stew of us thinking about how to you know we're just we're just that's that's that that to me is songwriting you're constantly mm. churning things over like song ideas too <laughs> that's right that's exactly it yeah, yeah. um when you're talking about about frank delandre the character i was thinking about it's something what like when i first got into blues music that was one of the things that i loved so much was these stories of these you know the robert johnson being the classic one about all these other ones as well and i was just fascinated by these the lives these people would live yeah. um and that how different they are to today, you know, like that wouldn't happen today, would it? Because everything's be on Instagram or be on YouTube with footage of all these play every player gets that right. stuff. So it feels like these stories of these people, like we're never going to have ones like that again, because yes. there'll be some tr digital trace of them. That's right. That's right. It 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 does seem to be a a place in time when when someone could be making music like that in a place and only the people in that place would really be aware of it mm. and i i find that i find that kind of charming and intriguing and i i, I kind of long for that in a way but on the other hand then then we wouldn't have the types of music music careers that that then developed later on when we could you know we could share the music wider where the, where there were first of all there were physical recordings there were you know radio stations that played it and then there were tours and you know and then <laughs> and then the internet <laughs> so, so I, i'm afraid that 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 now that would make an interesting parallel song is the frank delandry of today yeah <laughs> there's no way he'd disappear because he would be he'd be doing selfies all the way <laughs> There's a really funny bit. I don't know if you've um, seen Springsteen's on Broadway show. 
Yes, yes, I have. Uh, where he's talking about the first time they travelled across country, and he said, you know, in those days before the phone, if you lost someone, they were gone. <laughs> like yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't. There was no way of contacting them. You just That's right. you see them when you see them. Yeah. So that idea of like Frank Delantre disappearing, like he's just gone. He could be anywhere. <laughs> could be anywhere, right? And well, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different time entirely. <laughs> yeah. um, how did you find? Have you written lots of songs about characters like that? And um, how did you find that process? Again, that was another thing when I first started songwriting, I loved character songwriting and I'd kind of write characters and then put them in situations to find things to write about. Um, and what was it like? So yeah, is that something that you do a lot of? And how was this one knowing it was a real person, but having such limited information about them? Well, it, it was, it, 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 it's something that I always admired in song, but it's not something I did initially. I, I think initially I was, I was influenced in a more stream of consciousness way of writing that I would have a thought about a song and that would lead to the next thought. And I was fairly, I was fairly tuned in at the time to thinking that that logical progression needed, needed to be respected. So I would, I would pretty much stick with whatever, um, flow the song took and even though I would go back and edit bits and pieces I wouldn't do massive edits mm. I would really stick to the to the way it flowed and they tended to be a little the lines tended to be longer they tended to be I won't say rambling because they always had a focus but they tended to to kind of only go so far and and I realized one day that what I like to listen to was songs that were more narratives. Mm. And I said, well, those are my favorite songs. Like, that's what I listen to for pleasure. So why don't I write like that? And so I, I dipped my toe in the water. Probably, it was probably about the time I made my, my third album. You know, I dipped my toe in. And, and I, I, found, I found it so, so powerful, but I found it a different sort of, um, you know, discipline, be, because there's so much that you could put into a song. I mean, a song is two to five minutes long, right? So you've got a lot to, you got a lot to get into a small space. But um, I, I just love it, and so now it's kind of what I do mostly. It's kind of unusual if I don't write a song that has some sort of a storyline in it. It's mm. very. I, I really like songs about a place or about a person or a thing, a very specific thing. Because um, I feel the universal in the, the, the close focus to me is very universal because we all have close focus in our lives. And it's where sometimes that sort of big thought, big idea songs, sometimes my big idea might not be somebody else's. And mm. I, I always felt like, oh, I don't think I really communicate. I didn't feel I was communicating those big ideas as effectively. I always felt like a little something was missing. And so when I turned the focus around and got more focused, suddenly I felt as though it was it was resonating more within me. And then I, I was hoping that was happening with the listener as well. So. But with Frank DeLandry, what was interesting was there's such little information that I had to, I had to basically immerse myself into early 1900s New Orleans and try to imagine 
what that would be like. So, so because I had also read the book about the cornet players who, who, who had inspired Louis Armstrong, they, of course, some of that was in there. So I kind of got an idea of what it was like. And also having been there, I kind of knew the feel for the place, even though I was <laughs> I was not there in the early 1900s. <laughs> so, but you kind of get the idea. There's a feel to the place. So I had to draw on, I had to draw on my own. I had to create a sense of place. Mm-hmm. Be, that was something that I hadn't really experienced, and no one really wrote about it. So I had to create an environment and piece together all these little threads of my knowledge of the city of New Orleans and music and life in the deep south, the southern part of the USA. And, you know, everything about that experience I, I had to bring to bear. And I have to say, Ben, it's fabulous fun. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no one to say, oh, that's not right. Because it, it's about the place. And I know at least that part's right. I find it more challenging when there's so much information because there's a lot to get in mm-hmm. and, and, and you feel sort of beholden. You know, you really want to do the subject. You want to do them the honor and the justice of getting as much truth of the, the facts of their experience or their life or whatever into the song. And so you are, sort of, I feel duty bound to make sure I do that. So, yeah, and I guess it's like, you don't want like, you could turn it into one of the folk songs as 35 verses and tells every aspect of someone's life. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have to say that, 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 that Frank Delandry, even though there weren't tons of facts to work with, what, what I find when I write these narrative songs is it's best to tell the story without thinking of, the, the, thinking of it as a song. So you, so you get this massive thing, and then it's a matter of, cutting it down to a song Mm. but i find it's important to write as much as i can and that i literally chop out lines it's chop and change move it oh we don't need that line i've already said that or oh this doesn't really mean anything so scoot and everything scoots up and it gets shorter and shorter and it's it's it actually is a lot of fun it's actually a part of the writing process that i really enjoy that that playing with the narrative once once I've written it but there's a there's a lot to get in and um, yeah and you just think 32 verses ah wow yeah yeah I haven't lived long enough to to actually have the right to put 32 verses in anything I love I love some of those old songs but like you've got yeah you've got to have a full evening ready for one haven't you Uh, I'm always so impressed by performers who can memorize those kind of songs it's yeah. just yeah yeah amazing um but i really liked what you were saying about the and then so yeah my thought there was then it's really good when you can tell quite a rich story but in a what yeah like saying a shorter way and how you're putting yourself more like it's that it's not just like an autobiography either it's not just like this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened. it's creating that sense of place and that as if someone feels like they're there in a way and yeah. experiencing it that way is a lot more well, often a lot more powerful um how did you go about doing that did you did you have like clear like pictures in your head of what it was like did you imagine yourself walking around and yeah i i um i i i lean on the visual quite a bit mm-hmm. i mean i i think that's a big part of my experience with with music anyway is that it's always been visual even even if sometimes I visualize 
things that maybe even the song aren't aren't actually communicating but it's something in the way the the melody feels against the music or against the tone that I, I'm kind of in a place and so I find that I need to I need to create that place in my mind and and then I can go to it like when I'm when I'm working on it I can go back to that place it's kind of like looking at a photograph and 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 having a memory oh I was there I stood there right by that that huge tree and that 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 would have been me there and I find that then I can re-enter the, the the song and 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 in the case of these narratives you 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 kind of have to you kind of have to make up that photograph because there isn't really one I mean there certainly was no photograph of, of Frank Delandry you know there's no there's nothing that I could build on from him but I but I could create a picture of the place if I if I put together all these different threads I could I could create something that was a little bit like a tapestry mm. and that kind of helped me go there so yeah it's great it's great kind of it's great fun doing that kind of stuff isn't it <laughs> creating the different worlds yeah it's brilliant um yeah really good song and um yeah it feels very uh like a very good choice to talk about on the swan song podcast you know this is a big thing what swan song's about is celebrating people's lives in in song and uh and for someone like frank delandry who's you know not got that much stuff in his in, in the memory to have his own song now he's great <laughs> yeah 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 did you um did you ever let the people who wrote the book know about the song I I spoke to one of the one of the fellows. He came to one of my gigs. Who was a um, I think the curator of the of the state of Louisiana museum. And he was at a gig, and I thought he'd be more interested in it. But he really <laughs> didn't. You know, he really didn't show. Uh-huh. You know, a heck of a lot of like. He's like, oh, okay. And I I wonder if it's if it's like calls to Newcastle, you know, it's like there's so many great stories in the city of New Orleans. There's so many heroes, you know, there's so much great music. It's like, oh, here's another one. Oh, of course, there's loads of them. But but I can say that when I go when I when I go down into the deep south and I and I play these songs and especially when I'm when I'm near New Orleans, you I I feel that the people who are from there really they really get it because I, I kind of envision that that it would have been their great 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 ancestors mm. that could possibly have gone and hurt this guy you know that, that yeah. could very well have been you kind of get the idea that they may have and uh it feels like part of a very long very very long continuum and i, I feel like i'm just dipping my toe into this this ongoing story so uh so I, I don't know how far afield it's gone, but I certainly haven't heard back from anyone anyone in an official capacity from the from from the from the archive that, that published this this book. But um, but but the uh, but the response from the people has been you know the the, the punters has been outstanding. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's been great. So that's, that's plenty for me yeah it must be really nice going to play it there were you, when did you write it were you because we, you live in the uk now don't you yes you... um i live in cambridge now and it, it's it's interesting i started writing it at that time it was it was about 11 years ago um 
And I was in that year where I was I was back and forth between USA and UK regularly, like every couple of months I was back and forth. And I was I was starting to set up a home here and I was closing up my 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 home in America. I'd, I'd sold a I'd sold a house and the house I'd lived in and and I was sort of living in a friend's basement, you know, and I had stuff in storage. I, you know, things were I was in transition. It was about a year. And funnily enough, I found more inspiration writing it here than I did back in America. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was just because I was, you know, like I said, living in a friend's basement. And then maybe it was, wasn't inspiring or I, I was certainly touring a lot at the time. And I would come here and I would just find, I'd find maybe being here the space to write it, the, the space in my head to write. So even though it's a very, you know, it, it, it's a very American, Americana mm. kind of song in its theme and in its, maybe its, its sort of musicality, it certainly was written 100% here, here in the UK. And it was, it, maybe I was able to tap into that there was something I was able to tap into because initially it was kind of a dirge. Like when I first wrote it, I, I had a bit of the, a few of the lyrics in place, but it was very minor and modal, almost like it could have been played on banjo, a mm -hmm. very slow, sort of spooky, like banjo piece. And, I, and, it, and, and the more I worked with that, I thought, I don't know if I feel that. I don't know if I feel sad. I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel necessarily this this is a, a sad minor modal thing. I felt like there was there was more there was more there's a little bit of kind of I wouldn't say humor but you know there was a little bit of that like you just wanted to scratch your head and say wow what a what a strange situation you know it didn't it felt if there felt like there was more energy to it and it, mm. and it was here that I realized that I felt like the the you know when I was in the UK and and once I got into that current groove with 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 that sort of real chugging guitar sound, once I got that that rhythm, then then the narrative really came into place. It, I I remember it was like once I got that, I had been writing the lyrics, but they started to really flow at that point. You know, okay. I really got the flow of the narrative. I think because I got the pace right, mm. and I got the length of the lines right. And I started thinking, oh yeah, the the line feels like it should do that. The voices on the levee are quiet now. Boom, rest. You know, the only sound is the river, you know, and the lights in the distance. There was these short phrases with 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 the guitar chugging away. That seemed to work, whereas I think before there were longer lines with the m minor guitar chords and just it just didn't feel like it was working. So, yeah, so that's that that was the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting the the way songs come together like that, isn't it? And how again, it's what Alec. Like, I don't know if you feel the same. Like when something just clicks, you know, like you say, then that you have you had the idea and you had yeah you had some lyrics. I'm assuming you had some melody and everything before with it. And like you say, it's just just knowing that's not right for it in some way. And yeah, I think we have to stay true to the task. Mm. Like even if we know it's not maybe quite right, we 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 still we still work at it we still we still persevere and think well there's something in here i know we'll get there eventually and 
I think there's 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 a couple of dangers is that is that we try to shoehorn mm. thoughts and ideas into songs because because we know there's something in there and we'll find it and if we don't find it we'll just shove this little bit in there and i'm 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 i really get cross with myself when i do that as a songwriter because <laughs> i think I've, I've i've taken the easy road you know i've i've sort of you know I've, I've i've sort of tried i haven't really put the work into it that it that it that the song needs and the song calls for um but at the same time you know i think it's really good to to, to hang on to things and to know that if 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 we keep at it we'll find that right that right that right thing that thing that's going to do it. it could be a word it could be a phrase it could be a little uh, a harmonic shift it could be a melodic shift it could be a rhythmic shift and that's the one that's that we're suddenly going to feel like oh now now we're on to something mm. and uh, to to me that's the most exciting part of writing songs that's that that's like it's like a drug you know it's like wow i, I love that and at the same time it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like we said about being true to the song as well that's what it feels like because you know like you learn how to write songs and then like so you, you could have written that song in its initial form and it would have been a song and it would have yeah. you know like but it's listening to yourself and like thinking is this you know the way you write one, one song isn't the way you write another song yeah. and you have to kind of be aware of what that song's trying to say in some way. Um, I remember hearing Ben Harper in an interview one time saying about he could, you know, he could write an album of um, Steal My Kisses, which is, you know, one of his big kind of popular hits. Yeah. He said, I could write an album of those tomorrow if I wanted to, and it'd probably sell well and stuff like that. But he said, but that's not, that's not why I do it, you know, like I, you have to follow that muse in a way of what's taking your fancy and what then that song needs to say rather than just going, this is the formula I used before. Yes. Um, this is how I write all my songs now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is tempting. And I think it must be really tempting for someone like like Ben, who who that song specifically was, is so popular world mm -hmm. worldwide. The temptation would be, well, that was so successful. Uh, I'll go on. Let's just do it again. <laughs> but actually to stay true to, to what he, his passion it, it take I, I imagine that takes a lot a lot of courage you know to, yeah it was in a focus, it know? was in a performance of um you know the song uh, call it what it is yes it was in a performance of that and he and he said so that's a song about um about police brutality and police murders and things like that wasn't it and he said i wish i didn't have to write songs like this i wish i could you know like i wish i was this stuff wasn't going on and I, I didn't feel like I had to use my skill set to talk about it in a way. I wish yeah. I could write happier songs all the time. Right. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant to follow that muse in that way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brooks. Um, so let's move into section two now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to share as a songwriting tip that might be useful for the songwriters. So uh, what would your tip be for us, Brooks? Well, my my tip we've 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 sort of touched on it a little bit, but the songwriting tip that has been most helpful to me, um, and something that I use a lot is when I'm in a when I'm in a song and I feel like I've 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 come to a point where I feel sort of caught or snagged, where I'm not I don't feel like it's progressing. I find one thing that's really interesting to do is shift. Is shift the um, shift the focus of the song. So let's take Frank Delandry for instance. So I'm 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 writing from the point of view of an outside narrator that's t 
telling about Frank Delandry, and and I seem to know an awful lot about everything, right? <laughs> but one of the things, and 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 that worked really well. But but if I had got sort of snagged in on that, if, if I was felt sort of stuck, one of the things that would have been interesting to do at that point would have been to say suddenly say right now I'm going to write as if I'm Frank Delandry. Mm. So what would that look like? So I just I shift and, and and it's not as if I throw away what I've already done. I just want to experiment and I want to see how that goes. And then I think, okay, well, there's there's one perspective. What if I'm someone in the room? What do they see about Frank Delandry? You know, and and to not be afraid that if it's a good idea, it will stay a good idea. Where, wherever I go with this, whatever I do to it, it, you know, great ideas are going to stay great ideas. So I will come back to it. And it was something that I didn't use when I started out as a songwriter. I wrote what I thought, what I felt, that initial inspiration, which we all need as songwriters. We all have to have the inspiration. But once you have the inspiration, trust the idea, trust the inspiration to be stronger. It's stronger than we give it credit. And so you can do a lot with it and it will still remain there. So I found it so helpful when I'm in the midst of a song and I'm, I'm right now in the midst of probably eight, eight to 10 songs that I've been working on over the last say 12 months. And I, I do that with these songs and have been, I'd look at them and if something's not clicking, I'll, I'll flip it around and say, well, instead of, using the sort of past tense what if i make it a present tense and what if everything's in the now rather than this is what it was like and you know those little shifts in a song sometimes they just open a window they they open the 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 the, the whole sky opens up at that point and so i just would encourage um uh, uh songwriters to experiment with that if they haven't already and when i when i do my songwriting workshops it's it's interesting to see the reaction of some of the people in the workshop. Some are very reluctant to let go of their initial idea, mm. and I don't blame them. It's scary, but all I can say is trust yourself. You'll you'll find your way back, but you have to go around the house to kind of get a good sense of what's in it. You know, that's that's I don't know if that's a very useful analogy, <laughs> but that's kind of how I how I feel. And that's been, since I've started doing that, it really has, it's made the process much more exciting. It's made it so vibrant and alive. And, uh, you know, it takes a little more time, but I think a good song is worth it. Yeah, no, that sounds great, Brooks. Yeah, it's, um, it's not something I've ever done. That, it's something I've thought about recently, um, mainly from listening to a lot of Dylan stuff. And yeah, some of Dylan's songs where, again, it's like set around a particular thing, but there's so many different things going on. Um, I was thinking about that, of like whether that's what he does in some way of like these are diff all these different characters all have these different things going on, but it's all based around the same idea yes. um, of how you generate that many, you know, it's somewhat seemingly obscure, but connected in a way ideas and um that seems like a great way of doing it of having different characters all based around the same thing that all have their own things going on and again i think it links back to what we were talking about earlier with the, the specific details and how powerful they are for people yes. so then if you've got all these different people they've all got specific things going on that can all go into the song and that then creates 
a lot more specificity that other people might connect to in yes, a way. Yeah, yeah. I go back to something. I think it was uh, was a, a school writing teacher. Um, you know, bless him. He was he was fabulous, and I've lost touch with him. But he it had nothing to do with songwriting. This was, this was just general writing, and and I think we were writing. I think it was writing like nonfiction kind of things. So so it wasn't even like creative writing. It was mm -hmm. like telling telling like news facts, you know, something like that. And he said to me something and I've never forgotten it. He said, Show me, don't tell me. And and I know that's basic and I know that, that we hear that, but it that the you know, the number of times that I still find myself telling rather than showing and and I think well how do we show an idea in a song is that we have to look through their eye who, whoever it is we have to be in their eyes right and see from their perspective and so that that kind of I I have to thank him for that for I I, I think it took a few years but I eventually applied that to my songwriting and and I think it does help us um, it certainly makes us, I think, more potentially more empathetic songwriters mm -hmm. because we are looking at things from other perspectives. We're sort of allowing it. We're giving ourselves permission to look outside of our own sphere. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a cool process. And I I love the way Dylan will do that <laughs> for the song, you know, to be these characters and even gives them names and they're these fabulous <laughs> names. And you think, oh, my God, I, I know exactly what they look like I yeah. know in my mind's eye. Yeah. And a lot of times I have no idea how they connect to this part of the song, but I don't care. I, I love all of it. I love this story as well. I love this. Story. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, really, I really second what you said about the show. We don't tell me stuff as well. That's one of the things that I always, and I find the same. But my instinct is always just to tell. Like when I've got like this is the story I want to tell, or this is the idea I want to convey in this song, and I'll just start writing about. Like, well, that's just like a little lecture then. It's like, yeah. and it's like nobody wants to hear that. Like, yeah. Then I, I think I used, I think I've got fallen out of touch with it. But again, it, the way I would often try and do it then is like, right. So how can I tell this in a story? What are the characters have to do to get that point across? Yeah. Um, I used to always use, um, do you know the song I Hung My Head? Oh, yeah. It's uh, written by Sting originally, and Johnny Cash did a version of it on yeah. one of his later albums. Uh, that used to be my go-to example for it when I would be in my workshops. Uh, and I remember I used to yeah, play it for them and say, like, so how does the character feel in this song, and what's he going through? And I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's feeling a lot of remorse, and he's very sad, and all these things. And and I said, and where, where does it say that in the song? Uh and like it doesn't say it anywhere in the lyrics. You just have the image of this guy hanging his head, and it's like that tells you all you need to know about it. Yeah, and I and and isn't that great? Because it then that stays with us, and that's something that we can re That's something that we can relate to. That's such a universal thing, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's a great example. Great yeah, it's a brilliant, um, brilliant, um, yeah, method of songwriting uh, yeah. when you can do it. Do you do you ever do your characters ever interact between songs? Do you have like similar characters that come up in different songs and like things like that? I don't think I've ever done that, but that's a great idea. <laughs> they can speak to each other across. Yeah. Across. I used, yeah. yeah, that used to be one of my favorite kind of ideas to do. And like, they wouldn't necessarily like it wouldn't necessarily be clear to a listener that this was the same character from this song and this was the character from this song. But in my head, I had like a little a little universe planned out <laughs> how they were all going to connect. I would say the closest that I come to it is. I have a, I have a, I have written a series of, of uh, a series of love songs or, or love, love gone wrong, wrong songs, 
And it's almost like a dialogue between the two. And I think there are times I feel like it's a continuing conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just it's separated by a couple of years. You know, there's that, there's that. But I, I've never, re I love the idea. I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that in one of my recent, uh, I'll like dip into one of my newest ones and see if I can do that. So. Nice. Yeah, let me know how you get on. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, cool. So let's move into section three now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to share with us a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And what we do here is I'll have the link for the song in the description. So if you're watching or listening to this and you don't know the song, you want to go check it out, can do, and come back and we're going to have a bit of a chat about it. So uh, what song did you choose for us, Brooks? I chose a song called Brand New Angel, and it's a song written by a wonderful songwriter by the name of Greg Brown, who uh, lives in the middle part of the USA. And I've been listening to Greg's music for, uh, well, decades. He was on the scene playing the little folk clubs and the singer-songwriter clubs when I was thinking about that being a career I wanted to go into. So I would go see him. Um, so I've, I'm very aware of his music, and I'm a, I'm a fan of his writing. But I didn't come about. Uh, I didn't come to this song through him. I I was watching the film Crazy Heart, and and this was in the soundtrack toward the, the toward the end of the film, and it had the main character Jeff 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 Bridges, uh, sitting in a bar in Houston, playing this song with a little band, and, it, and I was just really struck by, by certainly the sound of it, but but I was struck by the lyrics. Um, and, it, and, and at the time, of course, I didn't know it was a Greg Brown song. I was just so intrigued. But it, it basically talks about the, 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 passing, the passing of an old fiddle player and, and about, you know, the, the sort of things one would feel, which is, oh, you know, we won't, we won't hear that tone again. You know, that fiddle won't come out of its case again. You know, the bow has been put back. But in the end, there's this sense that the song will live on, you mm. know, and I and I I just love the idea of, of of someone's life being celebrated, like like this is what they did. At one point, it talks about, you know, uh, about you, you know the music he he heard in his head. It it felt like nature. It felt like you know it was it it, it was an autumn day. You know, an you know it was a beautiful beautiful day and and that that was in the music and i just love the idea of 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 um remembering some someone and putting it in a place like that but then the idea that 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 there's that this is going to live on that's that's how it struck me and it, it struck me as a powerful a, a powerful metaphor i'm always drawn to metaphors that have to do with music because hmm. music has been since i was since i as long as i can remember the the earliest memories that i have of life all involve music you know so from the earliest days i remember hearing music and being aware of music so any time people write about music or or notes or songs i i really feel it's more than just the thing itself it's it's there there's a lot behind that that means a lot to me so this really struck me and it's so simple and it's in a minor key, which of course is a, you know, is, it's got a, it's a beautiful minor flow. The, the lines and the pace are very, are very, very slow, but they're, they're not, they're not bogging down. 
there's this almost there's a sense of hope you know the the chorus goes there's a brand new angel you know there's a brand new angel and they're talking about this 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 fiddler and even though i'm not the most religious person on the planet and don't really think in that language i still like the idea of of someone living on in memory or in 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 history or in song or story and so it really struck me really really it really is one i keep coming back to again and again mm -hmm. and as you know i thought of this song for our podcast <laughs> and then i thought of another one and then i had an 11th hour like oh no i want to go back to the original one because this is the one that that has really uh, it really has it has, has sort of a profound kind of effect on me it's really touched me in a deep way and i I feel, you know, it's it's sort of acknowledges the sadness, but it also there's this there's this there's something positive in there as well, and I, I and that just seemed right to me. That seems like something I I aspire toward. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a powerful, powerful song, um, and again, it kind of has the. Oh, sorry, my my headphones seem to be playing up. Um, it's, it's similar to the Frank Delandry one in a way, isn't it? It's you know celebrating a musician who's passed, and the specificity of the detail about his, you know, his fiddle playing and the way it sounded to him and things like that. It's all those real details. I was watching it on YouTube and I was reading some of the comments, and there's loads of comments from people saying, you know, like I lost my dad recently, and this song feels like it could be about him, and, and it's those kind of things. And, and like with that, you know, I, I imagine those comments aren't all from people, you know, bereaved people or fiddle players. <laughs> it yes. could be anyone who's you know could be another another instrument or just anything that someone is kind of known for in a way that that's their thing you know this is a fiddle player this is a football player this is someone who really likes right. this it's kind of right. it just uh yeah it's a very powerful piece yeah I'm, i mean it's funny that you say that ben because what struck me was what i had in my mind's eye was someone like someone like like my grandfather i wasn't thinking it specifically of my grandfather but mm -hmm. the, the image that i had wasn't of someone playing fiddle but it was him how he used to like to he had all these tools and he was forever you know sort of building things in wood or he was working on a car or he was doing gardening and he loved his gardening so he always had a tool he had a tool a little tool like um shed if you will it was like his little man cave you know <laughs> you, if you lost him if you lost him you knew to look there and for some reason it's like i felt as though he was most at home when he had a tool in his hand if he was working on his, his car or he was in the garden or built fixing that desk that the leg fell off you know i felt like he was in his element and that's who i was picturing was mm -hmm. his tools being put down on the workbench and it funny i wasn't thinking of fiddler i was thinking him and i was thinking yeah that's kind of him you know if it's him but as a brand new angel he'll be showing up at the pearly <laughs> gates with his with a with a box of tools saying anything does this gate need fixing <laughs> yeah yeah it's beautiful works really good um how good's jeff bridges voice as well <laughs> when i first heard it i was like oh this is just this is brilliant it's such a it's such a surprise i mean my wife joe and i went and and saw the film initially and we and we kept thinking oh of course they've got this dubbed in of course of course and then we like we you know read the notes and we looked it up and we're like oh no that's him he's doing <laughs> it he really did it he dug into that part and you know i i much like you 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 probably know singers like like that they have that 
that quality. Mm -hmm. And I think it it comes down, if I can just go off on a tangent for a second, but it goes off on the on how important it is how you how you actually deliver a song like once you write it because i think i think it's his his ability to 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 be a character to to act that when he sings the lines of the songs we we're there we are in that moment with him and i i think that says a lot about how he delivered them as well as he delivered them very well you know mm, yeah the, the singing is like wow that's great yeah so. Yeah, it's a brilliant film. If people haven't seen it, I recommend uh, checking it out. Yeah, the whole soundtrack. It's T Bone Burnett did the soundtrack, isn't it? Who's yeah, just yeah. like everything T Bone Burnett does is just yeah. gold. He did the um, yeah. True Detective soundtrack as well. Oh, you see True and the soundtrack for that's just amazing. It's, uh, and he, he did BB King's last album as well, I think, didn't he? That's I think he produced right. that. He, he did, yeah, he did. Yeah, it's funny. You know, years and years and years ago, Ben. Now this is back thirty years ago. I went, I went out to Los Angeles. I was living in, in Boston and I was just beginning my, um, beginning my career. And I had a, a guy I knew in LA who said, well, come out and we'll, and we'll do a demo of a song in my studio. So there's no promises, anything will come of it, you know, but of course I jumped at the chance cause I was, I was young and I was just playing little bars and I thought, well, just anything just to try it. So I went out and you know, this friend of mine knew knew a few people, and so we ended up going to this, uh, you know, sort of L.A. cocktail party, which right there it puts me out of my league. I'm there <laughs> in my, you know, my, my my sort of clunky boots and my in my jean jacket, and they're all sort of quite quite, you know, sort of sharp dressed, sort of, uh, yeah, you know, these L.A. people. And um, but it, what was fascinating was I I went with my my friend and. You know, he was off speaking to his friends, so I didn't know what to do. So I went up to this little um, bar area. I mean, it was in a private home, but they had a little bar set up. And so there was this woman at the bar, and um, and and she looked as out of place as I was. You know, so anyway, as you do, you just you just end up having a little chat. It turned out it was T it was T Bone Burnett's wife had, you know, his his his, his wife at the time, and um, and and. And she was telling stories to the guy who was serving the drinks, who she obviously knew, uh, about him. And and even then, you got the feeling that he was a towering, like he had a, a real, like this, almost like sixth sense about music. And mm. he, and it's it's come to be, you know, the the actual way things went. You know, the all of the music he's touched and his his depth and breadth of of his scope of understanding the roots music and how powerful it it is and and uh and i thought even back then there was this sense that he listens widely and deeply to so many things so his his sense of, of what was possible was vast even then so yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool yeah that's cool <laughs> good stuff brooks yeah well um thanks a lot for your time it's really nice to speak to you um is there anything else you'd like to mention uh, I, I saw you've been doing some lockdown collaborations with uh a couple of people uh yeah you did with kate spencer who was on we had on the podcast not long ago yeah um, uh, it's been lovely i mean obviously the lockdown has been a real challenge for everybody on so many levels and and of course for us that make that 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 make music you know it's it's really challenging to not be able to get together 
and make music, you know, which is what we all love to mm -hmm. do. And then to be with people when we're making the music, which is what we do for our work. So, <laughs> you know, all those challenges. But uh, but I was so pleased that Katie wanted to do a duet with me. And I, I, I met up with Henry, Henry Spencer as well. We, we did a duet and uh, Rab, Rab Noakes and Christine Collister. And I've got one coming out soon with, uh, with, uh, with, with Boo, with, with Boo Hewardine and Chris Drever and Finley Napier. We did a quartet. Oh, so, well. uh, so that's coming soon, but it's been delightful to, to connect with people. I we did a track with Dan Walsh, a lovely banjo player and with Aaron Cat Catlow, a lovely fiddle player, but just, it makes us feel connected a little bit in these, in these times, you know, and, uh, even though it's a little bit weird having to do our parts separately and link them together, but still, it's it's a pleasure. It's it's as close as we can get at the moment. So you got to make the best of it, haven't you, and do what you can. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I look forward to hearing that we had Boo Boo was on the podcast, Boo Huey Dean there just before a few months, a month or two ago as well. So oh, I look forward to hearing that um, collaboration when it comes out. Yeah. I'll um, I'll tag all your social media posts, your website in the description. People can check you out after listening to this. Uh, yeah, thanks again for your time. Great. Well, Ben, it's a pleasure to meet you. Please keep me on your list. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of your project, and I will be tuning in. And so thank you very much for the invitation. Oh, thank you, Brooks. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to meet in person uh, before too long. I look forward to that. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, Brooks. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode soon. <laughs>